All right, praise God. So um, thank you all that have given this morning. And again, if anybody came in, I'm not the normal pastor. I'm honored to be here. I'm filling in for Pastor uh, Jason and Liz. They asked me to do it. I'm honored to do it. My normal ministry is I'm a healing evangelist, been traveling full-time for 18 years. And uh, boy, I'm honored to be here with you, though. 26 states and five countries so far and counting. Amen. Thankful for it. Amen. <laughs> and uh, But nowhere else in the world I'd rather be than Erie, Pennsylvania this morning. How about you? Amen? Amen. Jesus is here. Amen? It's a good place to be. Uh, Yes, so there will not, because this is not a normal guest minister situation, there won't be any special offerings for my ministry during this time. The church has taken care of us. This is our normal tithes and offering. There will not be a second offering. Well, how many are cheerful givers this morning? Glad you gave. Amen. I want to read a scripture to you. One of my favorite things about, not your, normal, not your normal offering scripture, but what do you expect from an evangelist, right? So, <laughs> it's from the story of the man with the withered hand, amen. And, it's, and Jesus said to him, stretch forth thy hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored whole as the other, amen. And, you know, there's a miracle in giving. Somebody say Amen. When, when, the man, when Jesus told him, stretch forth your hand, and he said, stretch forth your hand, he said to the withered man, he, he was acting like something that he wasn't, but then he became that. He stretched forth that withered hand, and the Bible says, as he did, it was made whole. It was restored as the other. Giving's kind of like that, isn't it? Amen. You, you should do it in faith. Everybody say amen. You should give in faith. And when you do... I always think about that with man with the withered hand as I just, you know, you physically stretch forth your hand, drop your offering in, or now you press a lot of buttons, I guess, more than not. But, you know, back in the day, so uh, he stretched forth his hand and, and he acted like a man that had a normal hand and then he was made that man as the power of God met him in his action. I mean, know that God's power meets us in our actions of faith, amen. And giving should be an action of faith. And when you do it, just act like what God says about you is true. You stretch, as that man stretched forth his hand, he acted like a healed man. When, he, when Jesus told the ten lepers, go show yourself to the priests. They started out still lepers, but by the time they got there, they were healed and they were whole because they acted like healed and whole people because people with leprosy didn't go show themselves to the priests. Amen. And when you give, it's an action of faith. You're acting like a blessed person. You're acting like a person whose needs are met by God. You're acting like a person who God is their provider and God is their source. You're acting like, a, when you give, you're acting like a person that's free from poverty and lack. Are you hearing me this morning? Amen. Giving is a, is a miracle action. It's an action of faith. So let's pray for this offering. Father, I thank you for the givers this morning. I thank you for every one of them. Lord, we thank you for what your word says about giving. You said, give and it'll be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. Father, I thank you for your blessing on them, your blessing on this offering. Father, cause it to be fruitful for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Faith. So as Jocelyn said, you know, Pastor Jason came to me and he said, yeah, you know, can you do this? And he said, I, we've been thinking about faith, that we wanted to focus on faith this summer and, or this month, excuse me. And I said, you know, that's interesting because, um, you know, I had, I had felt this mandate from the Lord that to spend time specifically on the subject of faith. And if you look back on our Facebook and Instagram, we've been, our live streams we've been doing and some of our services are on there. We were, I was up in Michigan a couple weeks ago. I've just been staying on this subject of faith. 
Is it important? Amen. Yeah, let's go to First uh, John. Do whatever gets you to First John. Press buttons, turn pages, unroll your, unroll your papyrus scroll. And let's get to First John. Amen. First John chapter 5. And this is the scripture that has kind of been my foundation for, for faith over these past weeks. And, and I've been ministering on it. It's been what's on my heart. And this is going to be our foundation for this month of June. 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Is there any problems going on in the world today? Yeah, there's some. (laughs) There's a few. Well, you know, the world's always been a bad neighborhood ever since the fall. I don't know if you realize that or not, you know. But it does feel... You know, I've been saying this in my services. It does feel like the captains just got on the intercom and said, we've, we've begun our final descent. We're 25 minutes outside of eternity, you know. It feels like we're, you know, this is it. But the world's always been bad. It just seems like, you know, things have been raging these past couple of years here, about it, you know, or so. But, you know, whatever happens in the world, no matter how bad it gets, this scripture will still be here and it'll still say the same thing. It'll still say that whatever is born of God overcomes the world. I mean, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how hot the furnace gets, no matter how high the flames get, thank God, 1 John uh, 5, 4 is still going to say the same thing. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. How many people here are born of God? Raise your hand this morning. Are you born again? Have you made Jesus your Lord and Savior? This scripture says you're an overcomer. Says you overcome the world. Amen. Don't think anything else. Don't say anything else. Say what the world says. You're an overcomer. Try it now. Say, I'm an overcomer. Amen. And it says that this is the victory that overcomes the world. It does not say, isn't it interesting? It doesn't say this is one of the things that could help you get an edge on the world. (laughs) Right? This, this is, this is, this is one of the many, this is one of ten things that give you, no, it says this is the victory. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, when you get in a car and you say, yeah, this is the gas pedal. There's not two of them. There's not three, you know, right? This is the one. If you want to accelerate, this is the pedal that you press. If you want to have victory over the world, the Bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Amen. So if we want to overcome in this day, it seems like the Bible's telling us it's going to have to be by faith. Amen. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. How many believe the Bible's true this morning? So this is, uh, this is what's been on my heart. This is what I've been ministering on. Yeah, no matter what ha- stuff's going on in the world. We met her, a pastor from India. We meet with her every week. On, on, um, we Zoom with her and, and, and we, we pray with her and her and her husband, Jyoti, and talk to him about their ministry. They pastor a church in India. Things have gotten really bad in India. I don't know if you've watched it on the news at all, but they're a real crisis situation with everything going on. And we tell her, listen, it doesn't matter how bad it gets. How many of you know it doesn't just work in Erie, it works in India, amen. Hallelujah. It doesn't just work in normal everyday life. My brother, saw, my brother stood on Psalm 91 and God protected him in combat, saved his life in combat. Bullets change directions, RPGs change directions. Are you hearing me? Listen, it doesn't matter how bad it gets, the word works everywhere. Works under all circumstances. Works no matter what's stacked up against it. Because no matter what's stacked up against the word, the word is still greater. And the lesser always has to submit to the greater, doesn't it? Amen. So, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. 
This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now, this is an interesting thing I was thinking about just during praise and worship. My time with you is bookend by two dates of some significance historically. Today's June 6th. Is that a day of any significance? Yeah. Allies opened up the Western Front in Europe, June 6, 1944. We landed on, uh, the, you know, combined Allied forces landed on the, uh, in France, landed at Normandy, and we, we opened up the Western Front, which was key in, in defeating the Nazis. And how many are glad we defeated the Nazis? Amen. It's good. And uh, thank God for that. A lot of men gave their lives, and we, we just had Memorial Day last weekend, and we honored those who who gave their life for us and, and just wanted to make mention of that today. Uh, my last Sunday with you is July 4th. Well, that has some significance to it. Independence Day. We're thankful for that too, aren't we? We're thankful for the freedoms that we have that this country has provided us. I've, I've ministered in a lot of different nations that have not always had that freedom. Some still don't. Ministered in Vietnam in 2015 and in the underground church and taught in a Bible school that met in the back of a bakery. And I did some meetings in places where I had to come in under the cover of darkness and had an escape plan. And I had a cover, you know, when I went there as far as went as a tourist and, and you know, had different things that we said we were doing. And, you know, I don't want to get into the whole story this morning, but I've been places where they don't have the freedom that we have here. Thank God for it. Amen. But, I, you know, I could draw some spiritual metaphors from these two dates that, that I'm with you guys. So today we're starting. It's June 6th. And then I'm finishing with you on Independence Day, July 4th. June 6th opened up that new front in Europe. How many of you need to maybe open up a new front in your life and take some ground from the enemy? Amen. Let's do that today. And how many of you want to believe God that by the end of this time that you could declare some independence that you haven't had before? Hallelujah. Amen. I hope that blesses you because that blesses me. You know, there's some things that the enemy's done in our lives and he's, and, and he's just been there too long and he's never had any right to be there. And he needs to be driven out. Amen. You see, the Nazis, they were an occupying force in France. They weren't supposed to be there. They didn't have any right to be there. But they had to be driven out. They weren't going to leave of their own free accord. They weren't just going to pack up and leave. Somebody had to rise up and take some action and do something about it. How many of you know that it's like that with the enemy sometimes in your life? Are you hearing me? He might, he's not just going to pack up and leave on his own. But listen, if you tell him to go and you stand on the word and you use your authority, he has no choice but to go. Amen. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Everybody say it again. Say, I'm an overcomer. I don't know what you're facing this morning, but no matter what you're facing, your problem is of this world. It's not of heaven. Somebody say Amen. So you could fill in the blank with that scripture. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, it says. But whatever you're facing, whatever obstacles in your way, whatever you want to overcome, you could just fill in the blank there. Whatever is born of God overcomes blank. You fill it in. Amen. Because whatever your problem you're having, it's not going to be in heaven. Somebody say amen. It's not going to be in heaven. It's of this world. The fall is of this world. Sickness is of this world. The devil is of this world. Demons are of this world. The curse is of this world. Whatever problem you have, it's in this world. The Bible says whatever's born of God overcomes all of it. So you could fill in the blank on that scripture. What are you facing? Whatever's born of God overcomes depression, amen. Whatever's born of God overcomes sickness. Whatever's born of God overcomes addiction. Are you hearing me? Do you believe it's true? Whatever's born of God overcomes temptation, overcomes bondage, amen. This is the victory that overcomes the world, 
even our faith. I want to read another story to you. Let's go to Luke 5, and uh, Luke chapter 5. And I'm not going to read the whole story for the sake of time, but we'll just talk about it, Luke chapter 5, a little bit, and we're going to focus on one particular scripture. But this is the story of Peter was out fishing. You guys are familiar with it. I use it in a lot of different ways when I preach on evangelism. But today we're talking about faith. And Peter's out there. He's labored and toiled all night long. And he hasn't caught anything. And then Jesus comes to him in verse 5, Luke chapter 5, verse 5. Actually, in four. And Jesus says to him, uh, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon. So this is early on in in Peter's encounters with Jesus, when he was still called Simon, you know, before uh, he started traveling with him and and started getting mentored by him. And he says, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch, Jesus tells to Peter. And Peter, in verse five, Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say. And let down the nets. The New King James says, nevertheless at thy word, it says. Here it says, I'll do what you say. I'll I'll act in obedience to your word. I'll act on your word. How many of you know that faith is simply believing what God says? Amen? Faith is simply believing what God says. So Jesus, God in the flesh, says something to Peter. He says, let down your nets for the catch. And then Peter says, I've labored and toiled all night long, but nevertheless at thy word. And he in spite of it not making any sense to him, in spite of him naturally thinking it's impossible because he didn't catch any fish when it was the right time to catch fish at night. And now it's day and Jesus, this carpenter slash rabbi, is telling him, let down your nets for the catch. But, you know, Peter says, nevertheless, at thy word. And he acts on the words of Jesus. He acts on what he said. When it was contradictory, contrary to... Just common sense of what what would naturally happen normally at that time. And Peter said, no, I'm going to act on the words of Jesus. And a miracle took place. The power of God met him. And the Bible tells us that he caught so many fish that the nets began to break and the boats began to sink. He had to call for for their friends to come and help. And they filled all the boats. And they were all sinking. And Peter fell on his knees and says, forgive me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Peter recognized that this was not just, hey, that's a pretty good day of fishing. He realized that it was a miracle that had taken place. Peter, who was the professional fisherman, the professional sailor, he recognized, hey, listen, this only God could do this. This is, this is a move of God. And then he, he, he realized something. You see, the key to it was he acted on the words of Jesus. When he acted on what Jesus said, when he believed what Jesus said, in spite of his past experience, in spite of his failure that whole night before, when he, when he put Jesus' word above his own experience or understanding and he acted on that, a miracle took place. Is this helping anybody this morning? Let's jump to another, another story with Peter real quick. Matthew 14. Now, even though we're going back to Matthew, this actually happened later. Matthew 14. This is after Peter's traveling with Jesus and had started in the ministry with him. In fact, that day, Jesus told him, put down your nets and follow me. And Peter did. And so now this happens later on. So Matthew 14, and we're going to go all the way to verse 28 here in just a minute. But let me get you there with this story. So Matthew 14, 28, Peter sees Jesus walking on the water. And that's a miracle. How many would agree with that? Amen. 
That's impressive. And Peter sees it. And Jesus says, but in verse 27, he says, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And in verse 28, Peter said to him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. Amen. But seeing the wind, but seeing the wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind stopped. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, you are certainly God's son. Amen. Yeah, that's impressive, walking on the water. So think about this for a minute, though. Talking about faith this morning. Talking about believing the word of God and what God says. Peter sees Jesus walking on the water, and he wants to go out there with him. And I love this story, because it's not even a crisis. You know, Peter could have stayed in the boat. I love this story, you know. Sometimes I just preach on that, because there was no emergency here. You don't have to wait for an emergency to have God intervene, or to have a miracle, or to have something. You could just, Peter, as far as I can tell, if you study out this scripture, Peter wanted to walk on water because it was fun. Amen. It ought to be fun to walk with Jesus. Amen. If you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Amen. (laughs) So Peter says, Peter, the only thing I could see here is he sees Jesus walking on the water and he says, uh, he says, (laughs) he says, I want to do that. That looks awesome. And Jesus says, yeah, it is. And he says, come on out here with me, Peter. Amen. (laughs) But what, what does Peter ask for when he says, master, if that's you? Does, does, does Peter say, Master, give me the anointing. Put the water walking anointing on me so I could walk on water with you. Are you hearing me this morning? Did he say, Peter, or, or Jesus, I'm an apostle. I'm the apostle Peter. You know, because of this special call on my life, can I come out there and walk on the water with you? See, Peter had learned something about miracles, didn't he? He learned something the day that he cast those nets out into the deep. He said, nevertheless, at thy word. So when he's there and he sees Jesus walking on the water, he realized if I want to walk on the water, I just need one thing from Jesus. And that's the word. Come on now. (laughs) Amen. All I need, I just need one thing. He didn't even ask, Lord, if that's your will... If it's your will for me to walk on the water, tell me if it's your will. No, he knew if he had the word. If you've got the word, you know it's his will. That already answers that question. He says, give me the word. If that's you, give me the word. I'll know it's your will if I have the word. How many, if you've got God's word on it, you know what his will is. Amen. Oh, man, praise God. And he didn't say, give me the, you know, if you just, Lord, Jesus, if that's you, give me a special anointing to walk on the water. If you've got the word on something, you've got all the anointing you need, praise God. Because God's power backs his word, amen. And Peter saw that there was just one thing he needed to walk on water. Master, if that's you, tell me, give me the word. Say the word, amen. Say the word. And I could walk out there on the water with you. That's all I need. You just say it, Jesus, and I'm getting out of this boat. I'll be out there with you. Peter asked for one thing. 
He didn't say, come take me by the hand, you know. Jesus, if that's you, come take me by the hand and walk me out there. Peter realized that the secret to overcoming, the secret to miracles, the secret to walking on water, the secret to doing the impossible, the secret for something that's never happened to you before, now it's happening, the secret to something that you've never seen anybody do before, but now you're doing it, the secret is the word of God. Amen. Master, if that's you, bid me come unto you on the water. Peter saw that the secret, and it's not a secret. Jesus didn't keep it a secret. But the key is the word of God. Amen. You say, well, that's, that's Jesus gave him a special word. That was Jesus' special word just for him. Well, yeah, there's sometimes specific situations where you can't go to chapter and verse and say, you know, well, hey... Mark, Mark 11, 15 says, go get out of the boat and walk on the water. Right. No, there's specific things where you need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But listen, generally, this word written on the page has no less power than when Jesus spoke to Peter personally. Are you hearing me? If you've got God's word here, that's just as good. It's a more sure word of prophecy, the Bible tells us. It's more sure than if an angel appeared to you and told you to do something. It's more sure than if you saw Jesus in the flesh and he said, come on and do it. You can count on the word of God. In fact, when Jesus was dealing with the devil and when Jesus had to overcome, he didn't say, I'm the Messiah and this is what I say. He didn't say, this is what the Holy Spirit's telling me. He said, it is written. And he stood on the written word of God. And by the written word of God, he drove off the devil. Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody, man? I'm helping myself, praise God. Amen. Whatever, like I said, whatever you're facing this morning, whatever, whatever obstacle that is we're talking that you want to, that you see stands in your way, whatever seems to stand between you and the best that God has for you, whatever seems to have lorded over you, all, or maybe for years and has no right, I want to ask you this question, you know, whatever you fill in the blank with, where it says this is the victory that overcomes the world, and you say this is what I want to put in the blank, I want you to ask yourself this morning, what does God's word say about it? What does the Bible say about it? Because that's what Peter basically was doing in that boat that day, wasn't it? Where he says, Master, if that's you, bid me come unto you on the water. He just says, what does God say about it? What's God's word on this situation? And once he had the word, he started to act on it. And God's power met him. And he became a water walker. Amen. What does God say about your situation? What is it? Is it healing? That's something that all of us have faced on some degree to some, you know, to some level, either in ourselves or with loved ones. It's common to all people. Is it finances? Bible has a lot to say about your health. Bible has a lot to say about finances. Is it mental health? Bible has a lot to say about mental health. Peace, that has to do with mental health, doesn't it? Joy, that has to do with mental health. What does the Bible say about your situation? Just like, just like, just like Jesus, Peter said to Jesus, Master, if that's you, bid me come unto you on the water. He's saying, Jesus, what do you say about this situation? I want to walk on water. What do you say? Jesus says, come on, Peter, walk on water. Peter says, that sounds good to me. And he gets out of the boat and he acts on it and God's power meets him. It's the same thing. Okay, Jesus, what do you say about this crisis that I'm going through? What have you already said about it? And then take that and act on that. And I'm telling you, God's power will meet you just like it did Peter praise God I uh 
early on in our ministry, Jocelyn and I were living in Madison, Ohio, about a little closer to Cleveland, a little bit west of where we live now in Ashtabula. And uh, we met a woman, Jocelyn met her at Mark's at the grocery store, and you were in line, weren't you? Yeah, and she was in her, yeah, yeah. Stephen was in the car, and he started talking That's funny, like woman at the well. This was woman in the toilet paper aisle, you know. <laughs> that's, that's how we'll tag this story. Woman at the toilet paper aisle. <laughs> A miracle happened there, amen. So Jocelyn meets this woman in her 20s and, and uh, just got strike a, you know, struck up a conversation, just a divine appointment it turned out to be, you know, and, and uh, ends up becoming friends with her. She finds out she was a believer. She hadn't been born again that long, though. She had just been, it hadn't been very long, right, a year or something like that. And she was going to a Baptist church. And we, as we got to know her and found out, um, you know, about her life, we found that she was really battling with depression, like clinical diagnosed depression. She was on 100 milligrams of Zoloft, which was the maximum amount they could give her for her weight, you know, as she described it to us. And if she got off it, she would just be in bed, she told us, for days. And, you know, like three, four days, somebody, one, last time she got off it, there was some reason, I forget, they needed her to get off it for a little while to adjust something with her meds or something like that. She went to bed. People had to come over and take care of her kids. It was crippling. I mean, it was a real battle for her, you know. And, you know, as she described it to us when she was on it, you know, the, the, that amount of Zoloft just kind of changed her. It didn't just keep her out of bed, but it changed her whole personality, you know. And so her husband was in Iraq. He was serving in Iraq at the time. And we just sat her down, just like I'm, I'm telling you guys about this morning, and looked at some scriptures and said, what does the Bible say about this? What does it say about depression? And just gave her some scriptures on joy, on peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Amen. And she took them, man. I mean, it was so fast that I was just like, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, does she really get this? You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, you know, is this enough? Like, maybe we should listen to another series, you know, or here, meditate on these for a little while. She just looked at him and she said, yeah, I believe that. That, that sounds right. She says, I'll come to your next service and, I'll, and, I, and you guys pray for me. And we said, great, let's do that. She came to the next service. We prayed for her. She was totally set free from depression. Amen. Totally got off the Zoloft, man, 100%. Her husband came home from Iraq. He said, this is a different person. This is like, I've never seen her like this because it affected her highs and lows, you know, because she's on, for her, it was heavy doses and set her free. Hallelujah. She stood on the word of God, just standing on the word. How many realize that when, when you have God's word on something, you could get out of the boat and expect what God said to happen to happen. If he said you could walk on water, then put it, write it down. It's happening. You could walk on water. Amen. Because nothing could keep God's word from coming to pass. Whatever stands in the way of God's word coming to pass, it's got to give way because nothing can resist or stand against the word of God. Amen. Whether it's depression, whether it's cancer, whether it's poverty, whether whatever it might be. Amen. Hallelujah. When God said, let there be light, there had to be light. It was impossible for there not to be light. God, light had to be because God said. And the Bible talks about God cannot lie, that, that, that he's not a liar, that he tells the truth. That's not just because God is moral. That's not just because God is without sin. God can't lie because whatever God says is automatically truth. Are you hearing me? God can't lie because whatever he says, that's the new truth. 
How many of you need some new truth in your life? Amen. I remember there was this movie years ago. I think it was the one, I think Morgan Freeman played God, and I think, I forget who, uh, who else was, uh, you know, but uh, he stand, it was uh, Jim Carrey. And, you know, this, Morgan Freeman's telling Jim Carrey, I'm God, you know, and Jim Carrey's like, no way. And he's like, how many, hands, how many fingers do I have behind my back? Morgan Freeman says six. And he says, no, five. But he pulls out his hand, and he's got six fingers on one hand. And he, like, freaks out, you know. And I was like, that is the best portrayal of God I've ever seen in a movie, ever. That's like exactly it, amen. That's why God can't lie, because if he says it, you've got six fingers, amen. That becomes truth. God's word creates, amen. When Jesus said, come on, Peter, get out of the boat and walk on water, Peter at that moment was a water walker. He had God's word on it. There was nothing that can keep Peter from walking on water at that time. Let me ask you something. What does God say about your situation? What does God say about the trial you're facing? Take God's word on it and believe that. More than your past experience, more than what you, you know, more than the course of this world and what normally happens. Are you, what kind of natural counsel could Peter have gotten to, to, to make him feel comfortable with walking on water? Are you hearing me today? He could have talked to all the wisest people of the day that would have had good information to give him in natural matters, but what possible insight could they have given him into walking on water? Amen. If he took a poll, you know, of, your, of all the wisest people of his day, if he took a poll as to like, what was the likeliness? What were the odds of him being able to get out of that boat and walk on water? You know, but once God said it, are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody? Good, good. So my dad, I've told some of his stories, I believe, here before. My dad was the first one in our family who started to stand on the word. He was wounded in Vietnam. He had PTSD, and uh, somebody, he, he found Brother Hagen's books on Kenneth Hagen, you know, if you've ever heard of him. Uh, he was a fish. <laughs> Some have, yeah. Uh, my daughter, my family's here with me today. I'm sorry, I, I meant to, I, I'm so bad at like the formalities. You might see this during this month, you know, introductions, doing things. I'm like preaching in the car on my way here. I'm preaching on my way home in my mind, you know. All that other stuff just gets in the way, you know. But uh, I'm sorry, that was my wife, Jocelyn, who was up here with me. That's my son, Cohen. He's 16, amen. My daughter, Eden's at Rama. She's uh, studying at Rama, studying for ministry right now. I just finished her first year. She's going into her second year. So, praise God. So my dad, you know, somebody gave him, he, he, no, nobody gave him, excuse me, he supernaturally found these books. I'm Kenneth Hagin, the, when they were faith food, his devotional, found him in a bookstore in Cleveland and never heard of the guy before, ever. Started reading them and got set free. God healed his ear from where he was wounded, set him free from PTSD. And he started to see what Peter saw. How many of you have seen this before? That when you stand on the word, you could trust it and it changes things in your life. Amen. And he started to see that, you know, and he started to see, stood on the word for his ear and God healed his ear. Stood on the word for being set free from PTSD. It was mostly um, uh, bad dreams that he had, you know, and he would have these recurring dreams and God set him free, man. Totally set him free from it. Amen. And, and he was able to help other vets after that and able to minister to other guys with it, praise God. And so 
I mean, totally set free. And it was pretty, it was bad. I mean, he was battling with some things and talked to doctors about different things he was battling with and, and really didn't find any help. Thank God for when doctors can help you. Praise God. But nobody seemed to be able to help him. And, but God was still able to help him. Amen. And set him free. So fast forward a little bit. And uh, my dad was a big animal lover. He's in heaven now. He's gone on to be with the Lord. He was a big animal lover. But we had a dog when I was growing up, part collie, part miniature husky. And that dog came down with cancer, like bad. She was throwing up uh, yellow and, uh, you know, liver cancer. And so my mom took the dog to the vet. They took a blood test. He, the, they came back and said, listen, your dog has one month to live, the doctor said, at m- maximum, maximum. And he said, he gave her some medication and he said, I'm sorry, you know, just this will kind of comfort her. This isn't going to do anything to turn it around, but hopefully this will make her last days more comfortable. My mom brings the dog home. My dad, you know, gets home from work and, and he is not handling this well, but he goes to Deuteronomy 28. Anybody ever read Deuteronomy 28? And in the first couple verses, I mean, it kind of like, I mean, this was kind of like a, like a backdoor kind of thing. It just makes mention of your livestock being blessed and the young of your flocks being blessed, you know? I mean, it's not, you know, and listen, when you live, you know, in Parma, Ohio, just like seven miles from downtown Cleveland, you don't have room for much livestock. So, you know, that was all the livestock we had room for. But my dad, like, makes the connection, you know? He's like, this is it. This is my livestock. Talking about standing on the word this morning. Amen. This is my livestock. This is what your word says. I'm standing on your word. You said our livestock would be blessed. Cancer's not a blessing. How many know cancer's not a blessing? Somebody shout amen. Hey, the world knows that. You don't need to read the Bible to know that cancer's a curse. Amen. So he says cancer's a curse. It's not a blessing. You said our livestock would be blessed. I'm standing on your word. We're talking about standing on the word. And I remember I could still see it in my mind. We gathered around that dog as a family. We laid hands on that dog. Just a couple, you know, the, the symptoms stopped. She stops throwing up. All of a sudden, you know, all, you know, she starts acting normal. You know, she's acting like herself. A month goes by. My, that, that comfort medication has run out. Now my mom's like, now what do I do? She takes her back to the vet. The vet was a Sikh, you know, of the Indi- uh, Hindu, you know, a Sikh. Wore a turban. And um, my mom takes the dog back. He examines the dog again. He says, if I told my colleagues that this dog was still alive, he said, they'd laugh at me. And this is what the vet said. He said, there's one explanation for this. Your God healed this dog. Amen. Hallelujah. She lived for years after that. (laughs) Years and years. We're talking about standing on the word. We're talking about a dog. Amen. My dad found this like obscure scripture and applied it to his pet dog and God honored it. Hallelujah. Yeah, praise God. Hallelujah. He'll keep his word to you. You can trust the word of God. Amen. So, you know, I think about Tara was her name, that girl in Madison. She did, we gave her the word. That's it. I mean, there, I didn't have any special word from the Lord. I didn't tell her, Tara, I believe the Lord has told me. That he wants to heal you. I just gave her it is written. Amen. How many know it is written? It's enough. Is enough. Everybody say it is written is enough. And my dad, you know, he didn't tell us. He didn't say, you know, the Lord appeared to me in a vision. Thank God for visions, man. I've had some. I want more of them. Amen. Thank God for dreams. They help. They could help us. But he didn't say that. 
He didn't say, I had a vision that this dog's going to live. The Lord spoke to me and told me that the dog's going to live. He just scoured the scriptures and found something in Deuteronomy 28 that he'd read and said, you know what? This is what God's word says about it. We're going to stand on this. Amen. And God honored it. Amen. Everybody say, God will honor his word to me. Faith is believing what God says. Faith is believing God's word. Amen. And God will honor his word to you. Thank you, Lord. So, a couple more stories, and then we'll, we'll close here in a little bit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to this month. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, one of my favorite stories about this is I worked with another evangelist by the name of David Horton in... Um, it, for a couple years before I started traveling myself. And I, I consider him a father in the faith. And, and he had a story. when he, he, we, he had worked in healing school at Kenneth Hagen Ministries. And I had actually taught for a year in uh, uh, one of the instructors at healing school. A volunteer instructor for a year before I started working with him. And he was there one time. And a woman had come from up in the Twin Cities, Minnesota area. She came down and she... Uh, she needed some kind of gallbladder surgery. I don't remember exactly what all the complications were. I know it was ball, gallbladder involved. And her and her mom came down to healing school and they stayed for a while. And they came forward for prayer and David was praying for them. And, and she said, you know, I'll be honest. I, I, I don't believe that, or I'm just not in the place to believe that God's just going to heal me and I'm not going to need this surgery. But we can take our stand on the prayer of agreement and that if, we, if you would agree with us in prayer that this surgery would go well, we just can believe God that we'll have a successful surgery and it'll come out all right. God will meet you where you're at. Amen. And David said, great, fine. You know, what she was talking about was from Matthew where it says, if any two of you should agree is touching anything, it'll be done for you. The prayer of agreement. How many have ever heard of it before? Amen. Praying the prayer of agreement, getting somebody to agree with you in faith and stand with you. And she said, so let's do this. You know, we're not up here to get prayed for that, that, this, that, that she's just going to be healed and not need surgery. That's just not where we're at. They were just kind of under the situation. You know, never judge anybody in a situation that you haven't been in, you know. I, I don't. I never do. People who uh, have gone through things and stuff. Because let me tell you something. You never know what it's like unless you've been there and what, what the battle's like. And that's why we need to help people and stand alongside of them. That's why the Bible says, is there any sick among you? Have them call for the elders of the church. Because we're supposed to stand in faith for each other. Amen. That's right. That's right. So, uh, but she said, would you just agree with us? And, and David said, absolutely. Let's agree. The three of them joined hands, prayed the prayer of agreement based on, on, on Matthew 18, 19, that it would be a successful surgery. Amen. And they joined hands. They agreed. They left, went back up north. David gets a phone call back in Tulsa from them up north. And it's the mother. Remember, it was the mother and the daughter that, that the three of them prayed. The daughter was the one having the surgery. The mother calls David. She says, listen, my daughter's in surgery they, something went wrong. They just pronounced her dead on the operating table. And she says, but I just wanted to make sure that you were... Yeah, I got to get through this. I just wanted to make sure that you were still in agreement with me on that prayer of agreement. I wanted to make sure that you were still in faith, that this was going to be a successful surgery. Because they said she died, and that's not a successful surgery. And she hangs off the phone. Amen. Now, David... 
great giant of faith that he was, like he said, he laughs. He's like, I'm th- he said he was thinking to himself, this poor woman, you know, if they couldn't get it turned around before now, it's too late now kind of thing. That's what he's thinking. Thank God she didn't stay on the phone long enough for him to talk her out of it, you know. So it, was, it wasn't his faith that turned this thing around, you know. But the mother, she's standing on the prayer of agreement. She's standing that she prayed the prayer of faith. She's standing on the word of God. When it looks like it didn't work, are you hearing me? When it looks like he didn't answer, praise God. And she's still holding on to the word. She goes back, as the story goes, you know, the woman was still hooked up to monitors, etc., etc. All of a sudden, a heartbeat comes back. All of a sudden, life signs come back, right? Doctor comes out. Doctor recognizes somehow that, that something happened. Doctor tells the mother says, now you did it. Like, he, 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 you know, not really a believer, but is like, you did something, obviously, and you messed it up now because she's going to have brain damage. She's never going to be right after this, you know. How many know God could, you know, if he could raise the dead, he could finish the job, amen. But the woman had a fight on her hand. The woman for three days would, was, would go through convulsions and stuff like that. And just like, and then after three days, she came out of it. She was totally normal. She was totally healed. Raised from the dead on the prayer of agreement. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How much can you trust the word of God? With it all. Amen. With it all. Everybody say, I can trust God. I remember my brother, I prayed for him. Before he went to Paris Island, before he went to boot camp. And my brother had this skin condition. You know, I talk a lot about his stories in Iraq. But he had this skin condition that would get activated in heat. You know, like this rash would break out. And he was like, you know, pray that I don't have problems with this at Paris Island. He went to boot camp in the summer. You know, Paris Island's in Buford, South Carolina. So, you know, heat is an issue. Amen. (laughs) And he said, pray that I don't have problems with this back condition. While I'm in, while I'm in uh, uh, boot camp. Because it was probably a deal breaker. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, they, they, he hadn't had problems with it for a long time. You know, he went through his physical and he was fine. But he's like, man, pray this thing doesn't act up. Or, you know, I don't want to get booted out. So I said, all right, let's agree. So we prayed, took authority over it. And I said something specific. I remember I said, he's not going to have problems with this back condition while he's at boot camp. Amen. And prayed for it in Jesus' name, called him healed, and all that kind of stuff. All that good kind of stuff, you know, amen. In Jesus' name. Well, he's down in boot camp. My mom gets a phone call. And it's uh, doctors, Navy, Navy doctors down there. And they said, uh, listen, you need to send down his medical records. Uh, there's, you know, t- there's something going on with his back. We need you to send his medical records. And apparently the doctor was like, serious with him about it we didn't hear the whole story till after you know and was telling him uh you know this this could be like enlistment fraud you should have told us about this and you've got this back thing and it's all over you know and so one first strange thing that happened we prayed that he wouldn't have any problems amen one strange thing that happened is you know a lot of faxes were much more common in those days my mom's trying to fax down his medical records three times she tried they had a fax machine at home third time finally the Marines sent back a response. This person's not in the Marine Corps. My mom's like, whatever. I tried three times, you know, like I, I did my best. So that never worked. So my mom calls me and tells me what's going on that day, you know, that he called from South Carolina. Says, listen, they're 
something's going on with your brother's back and the skin condition. They're, they're asking for medical records and stuff. And I said, all right. I was still at Rama, and I was still, or I was just out of Rama, but I was still working a secular job, hadn't started traveling yet, worked nights. I was driving to work, and I'm talking to the Lord. We're still talking about standing on the word. And listen, at this point in time, it looks like my prayer didn't work. Are you hearing me? It looks like God didn't hear me, but we walk by faith and not by sight, don't we? Everything looks like I just was just some kind of fanatic praying some kind of prayer out there and it didn't make any difference on anything. That's what it looks like in the natural. Are you hearing me? But I just said, Lord, I mean, he's already got problems as far as the natural circumstances are concerned. I said, Lord, I prayed before he left that he would not have problems. And I don't know, man, something rose up in my heart. And I said, this is impossible. I said, this is impossible to happen. This can't happen because you hear and answer prayers. Amen. I said, this is impossible. So I declare he's not having problems. The, the circumstances said he's already got problems. Amen. And I said, I declare he's not having problems in Jesus' name. So my brother, you know, he was at the doctor that day. The doctor told him to come report the next day. So I get the report. I pray that night. I'm driving into work at night. Next morning, he goes back to the doctor. Same doctor. Without any further testing, without any medical records. Same doctor. He walks into the office. He says, you know what? This isn't that big of a problem. If it doesn't matter to your DIs, it doesn't matter to me. Go back to your class. Go finish. He finished with his class. Amen. Finished with his platoon. And that was the last he ever heard of it. Amen. Problems went away. Amen. Just went away. You say, how does that happen? I don't know how that happens. You say, I don't know how God's... You can't figure out how. Amen. How does a person get set free from depression? I don't under... How could that... How does that happen? I don't know how God could alter some... How does somebody become... How does somebody go from being a persecutor of Christians to by the time he gets to Damascus, he, he joins them? How does that happen? How does that miracle take place in a person's soul? You can't figure out what God can do, but you, can, but you need to know this. He can do anything. Amen. I'm, I'm going to close. Amen, I promise. Second time here. Second close, right? Is this still helping you? All right, last story. I'm ministering down in Augusta, Georgia. And I just had on my heart that Je Jesus is the healer of the brokenhearted. Aren't you glad he doesn't just heal bodies and tumors and diseases, but he could heal emotions, man. I don't know. To me, that almost seems harder, you know, if in your natural mind. But he could do it. Amen. And I, I was there that night and you say, and I, I said, you know, he, Jesus is the healer of the brokenhearted. I don't do this very often, but if there's anybody here tonight and you're dealing with some kind of broken heart, some kind of heavy emotional thing, come forward. And this guy came forward the night before that service, his nephew that he had raised, who lived with him, 15 years old, was killed in a car accident. I didn't know any of this. And he just came to church out of desperation, didn't want to, but just kind of had to do something. He came, we prayed for him. It happened the night before. He testified, we didn't know any of this. And after the service, I said, who's got a testimony? You know, I got a testimony. He says, I, I, my nephew died last night, 15 years old. He said, I was overwhelmed with grief. You can understand that. It's natural to grieve. It's okay to grieve. But it could become like crippling, right? I mean, it could become like where it's affecting your, you unhealthy. In in you know, where you, you, you all know what I'm saying. He said, you prayed for me. He said, and I don't know how to explain it. It just lifted, just a weight lifted off, a light. He said, I still miss him. I still feel it. But that weight, that heaviness lifted off of me. And I just feel freedom. Isn't, isn't nothing too, is anything too hard for God? 
is anything too hard for God today? But what's step one? Step one is ask yourself whatever it is that you're facing. What has God said about it in his word? Amen. What has God said about it in his word? And make that your final authority. And it doesn't matter if it's never happened for anybody else. It doesn't matter what the statistics are. What were the statistics of people walking on water? Probably pretty much against Peter doing it. Amen. It doesn't matter what the statistics are. It doesn't matter what average experience is. It doesn't even matter what's common among other believers. As far as I can see, Peter's the only one, even out of that elite group that got out of the boat. Amen. I mean, these were not just the thousands that were chowing down on fish and loaves. This is the hand-picked 12, and only Peter got out of the boat, you know. I would hope that I was at least like number two or three, you know. I mean, after Peter did it, I'd be like, yeah, heck yeah, you know. <laughs> I got, I'm going too. Peter's out there. They were all just like, that's cool, Peter, you know. <laughs> it doesn't even matter if, it, if you don't know another believer it's happened for. If you don't know an, an, an unbeliever it's ever happened for. If God's promised it, take him at his word because he'll do it for you. He's not a liar, praise God. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet if we're able, praise God. I believe the prayer teams are going to come up here and pray with people if you need it. We're going to do this. July 4th, we're going, to, we're going to have a special prayer time for the sick. If you're believing God for a miracle, stand on the word. Set your eyes on July 4th and we'll minister to people. Amen. We'll culminate these five weeks with a believing God for miracles on Independence Day. Amen. July 4th. <clears throat> and we'll praise the Lord leads throughout the services between now and then. Today we'll just... Uh, if you need prayer, the prayer teams will come up and help you after we close here. How many are excited about Faith Month? Amen. Praise God. How many are opening up a new front in your life this June 6th? Amen. Moving in on some of the enemy's territory and say, your days are up. That's it. Start driving him back. Amen. That was it, man. He never really, you know, Hitler never really rallied again after June 6th. There was Battle of the Bulge, that little thing, but it was about, it was over, you know. Just kept on taking that ground. Just kept on taking that ground. How many are you going to be taking some ground this month? Moving in. Getting the enemy off your real estate. Amen. You don't belong here. You don't have any right here. You're an occupying force. You got to go. Amen. You've got to go in Jesus' name. So do this. Uh, this, this, um, this week. And, you know, we'll be teaching on this on our live stream, too. If you could catch it on Facebook or Instagram and uh, we're going to be, we're teaching on faith. Amen. If this is helping you, check it out. We'll be, we'll be doing that this week as well, one day this week. Um, but do that. If there's something in your heart that, that whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, fill in that blank. Fill in that blank. Whatsoever is born of God. I'm, over, I'm born of God. I overcome this. I overcome this. And then find some scripture to stand on. It's easier now than ever. You could Google scriptures about blank and, you know, it'd still pop up, right? And, um, you know, Peter, that's what he said. He said, I want to walk on water. What's your word about it, Jesus? Amen. I want to walk on water. What does the word say? And then he acted like the word was true and God's power met him. That's a formula for faith right there. Amen. That's a formula for victory. So fill in the blank. This is the victory that overcomes blank. Yeah, what is it that you need to overcome? Then get God's word on it, just like Peter did. Then act like God's word is true. And we're going to keep running with this. Amen? Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your precious holy written word. Thank you for these people. Protect them this week as they go, Father. We thank you, Lord, that your angels are round about them. Father, continue to minister to them by your spirit, this word that was sown today. And Father, we thank you that we call them good ground today. 
and that it's going to grow and produce much fruit in their life. Lord, we say of ourselves, we're not just hearers, but we're doers of the word. We're not double-minded people, but we're single-minded people. And we set our mind on your word. And we say, devil, your days are numbered concerning us because Jesus has set us free. Jesus has delivered us from the control and the dominion of darkness. And we resist you and all of your works and your lies in our life in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for victory. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. If you need prayer, the prayer teams are here uh, coming forward. Be blessed as you go. We'll see you next Sunday. Amen. I've never got to say that here before. See you next Sunday. Amen.